Welcome to Well Connected, a podcast for faculty, staff, residents, and fellows of UT Health Houston, brought to you by the UT Health Employee Assistance and Wellbeing Programs Office. I'm Anna Alvarado, and my co-host today is Monica Guidry. The goal of Well Connected is to create opportunities for employees to connect the dots between three things, what's going on in our head and heart, how these thoughts and feelings affect our well-being, and where we can find resources through the university to work toward a resolution. Joining us today is Patricia Hinojosa, Director of Payroll and Benefits at UT Health Houston. Patricia is here today to share the humanity side of benefits and discuss how that translates into well-being and peace of mind for our employees. Patricia has over 16 years of experience in benefits, leave, payroll, student employment, and records management. And from her experiences, she has been in the position to assist employees navigate the practical side of benefits during some of the most vulnerable moments in their lives. Moments such as giving birth or adopting a child, losing a loved one, navigating health when catastrophic events occur. Patricia has developed a wisdom and understanding for ways we may prioritize the life resources that UT provides us as employees. In our conversation today, we will also ask her to give us her best wisdom and expertise to manage stressful, unexpected life events or be prepared for other life events before they happen so they are easier to walk through when they happen. Welcome to the Well-Connected Podcast, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. So, Patricia, our wellness team was very moved by a recent conversation we had with your team. It was about the other side of benefits, the other side being what it's like when life happens to our employees, when difficult situations happen to the lives of our employees. We got to learn about how your team works with family members to sort through details at a time where these family members are not necessarily in the best headspace to do so. So my first question to you is, what are the most common situations your team sees that can be emotionally charged, but may also be avoidable if employees took a few extra precautions before they even happen? I think one of the top situations that our team encounter or when a loved one passes away. Mm. Um, If that employee did not leave a will or did not have the proper beneficiary information provided on their forms, that can hamper and can cause added stress to the family when they are um, not able to make those decisions or they are at a standstill and now are facing um, perhaps legal assistance is required, intervention, in order to get those claims processed. So following up that, um, how does your team become aware of this situation? And um, what exists to kind of walk them through that process? So currently, we take information from all sources. We find news announcements. the departments for perhaps a retiree or the spouse of a retiree or the spouse of an employee, they will call us, they will email, they will show up. Uh, So we are always there able to at least take that information in. Sometimes we don't get that information timely. And of course that always 
provides an extra level of stress to the family members um, as we're trying to ensure that they have the proper coverage or if we are trying to get their life insurance policy um, paid out to them. So we take information from all over and every resource that we can possibly get our hands on. So both internal resources as well as external resources then. Correct. Some of that information is provided by Social Security uh, reporting, and some of that information is from the administrative assistant down the hall. Mm-hmm. So we will take it any way we can get it. I'd like to talk just a little bit later because I think there's some other questions we have around the struggles and the opportunities. Um, but I'd like to move a little bit closer to some practical things, if that's all right. Sure. So do you think employees understand the finite nature or the challenges that exist um, in choosing or not choosing particular benefits um, that make it inflexible in the solutions that you can come up with? I think it's difficult, especially the first time an employee um, is encountering these choices, benefit choices. They are a new hire. And the first time they think about that is at new hire orientation, new employee orientation. And there is a plethora of information that is coming at them on that day. So I think it's very difficult for them to perhaps retain all of the the information, all of the steps that are required in order for them to complete that beneficiary or even select their which coverage would most be appropriate for them at that time. So I think it's difficult. I, I know it's challenging. Um, we try to provide resources. There are always online resources available as well. And then we have our own internal benefits team that is available to assist them with kind of walking them through those changes. What, what do you believe are, are the barriers that keep people from taking advantage of these key options? I know you were just tapping into maybe that, that overwhelm, because I definitely can relate to that. When I first saw this benefits package, I was completely overwhelmed. And I've been under the UT system umbrella for 11 years, and I'm just thinking back, even when I came here, but also when I started my career, oh, what... What is this? I think it, that it, it all depends on the stage in their career that they're in. Mm, this is mm-hmm. the first full-time job they've had. Um, perhaps they've always been on their insurance of their parents that belong to their parents' plan, right? right. Or their spouse. Um, they were perhaps on the spouse's plan while they were in school. And now this is the time for them to choose and make their own decisions. There is no class given in higher ed or um, in public school that says these are this is how you go about choosing the best health care insurance for yourself. Those are just practical things that um, you face every day, whether you are moving jobs, getting married, um, getting divorced, all of those kinds of situations, there is no go-to guide on how to best pick that because benefits are very personal and they are very personal to that person's situation at that point in time where we see a large, um, I'm not going to say mistake, but I think it's an oversight. Mm -hmm. As a new hire, 
10 years ago, they enrolled in benefits and they picked everything they thought they needed. But 10 years later, the benefits, of course, they are designed to roll over if you do not make any changes from year to year here, other than the flex spending accounts. Those are the only things that you must enroll in every year. So if a person has not been able to, um, or they haven't had any need to change, make a change to their benefits, um, then they don't, they don't look at it again. Ten years later, they think, oh, I really don't need that benefit any longer. Perhaps I should have look, be looking at long-term disability instead of short-term disability. I've accrued several um, hundred hours of sick time and vacation time, so I'm, that short-term disability just doesn't fit my needs any longer. So I think it's reviewing that information. Our team always stresses that you should review during annual enrollment, which we're starting annual enrollment July 15th through July 31st. It's the best time for you to take a look at those benefits and review them and find out if that is really what you need at this time in your career. You know, I'm going to give you an example of what one of the things that you just said. Um, I was sharing with Anna and Julie a little bit earlier. So when I got married, um, went on a honeymoon, snow skiing, um, didn't necessarily do a good job of snow skiing, <laughs> hit a fence and had to be, you know, taken down the mountain on the sled, um, had to have surgery, tore my ACL. Gosh. And um, as I was in the hospital, they said, which insurance are you using? Three days past my wedding day, and I didn't know the answer to that. Is it my new husband's insurance? Is it my father's insurance? And um, it was really struggling because here you are going to go into surgery at a hospital with extensive expenses and not knowing who's going to pay. Um, I think they were more worried than me, but um, I was going to say, I bet they were a little more stressed out about that answer um, than Monica was at that moment. Yeah, but, but it became apparent that those are the things we don't think of when we are in the middle of all kinds of life events. All kinds of life events. And, and we do encourage and stress to our employees. And even if they're an employee who's kind of thinking about retirement, think about those life changes that are occurring and what really fits for you at that moment. Perhaps you're five years away from retirement and you're thinking, maybe I don't need that huge life insurance policy any longer. My debt ratio is very low. Maybe I should use those funds um, that I'm currently paying for this very large life insurance policy towards savings or retirement account. Um, perhaps you don't have dependent children waiting on, you know, that you are trying to take care of at that time. So maybe that's something that you can look at and better use those funds for your retirement vacation, which shouldn't be skiing at the moment. <laughs> Well, I, I want to go back to what Monica was saying about life situations. I know we can change our, our, our benefits during annual enrollment, but I know there are also certain life situations where you can go in and um, make those changes. And I only know of a couple that only because it's, it's happened to me, you know, getting married and um, 
having kids, but what are those other life situations that fall under that umbrella? Sure. So each plan is designed to have a qualifying life event. So ours for UT Health Houston, we have a 31-day window for qualifying life events. Marriage, divorce, birth or adoption of a child, um, perhaps it's your spouse's annual enrollment period that does not coincide with the UT Health annual enrollment period. We also have um, change of status. Perhaps you are a 100% full-time benefits eligible employee, and now you are making a reduction down to 60%. So all of those changes in status, whether they are salary-related, percent effort-related, um, retirement is also a qualifying life event. So you have 31 days from the date of that event to make a change. So what happens outside of 31 days? Let's say you have a baby. They've gone through, um, the employee has gone through FMLA. They've gone through HR. Everyone's been notified. They've been out on leave. They've used their sick time. Things are great. But they forgot to enroll their newborn. They said, well, I went to the doctor two weeks after the baby was born and it was covered. That's correct. That baby was covered in the first two weeks after birth because they are automatically covered for the first 30 days. However, the child still needs to be enrolled. The infant still needs, there has to be an action on behalf of the employee to enroll them on their plan. So it can be stressful for the, um, the new parents who are trying to get the baby back to the doctor for their wellness checkup. Mm-hmm. And we hope that it, that's what it's for, is for the wellness checkup. But sometimes it's like, I need emergency care, or we need to get to urgent care, or some of those things. So it makes it stressful. We, we work with our employees. We work with the system office. We work to get coverage turned on as quickly as possible. However, the rates change as well. Let's say it was employee-only coverage and or employee and spouse coverage, and now you're an employee and family coverage. So those premiums sometimes have to be deducted, back deducted. So it, it causes lots of manual adjustments, probably lots of, of stress, um, but we find a way to get them on as best as possible. And sometimes the parent does have to pay out of pocket um, up front for any doctor visits until they are on the plan, and then they can file for reimbursement. So as long as we get all those boxes checked off, in most cases, we can get that done. Occasionally we can't. It just depends on how far out yeah. side of the coverage window or the life event window, I should say, mm-hmm. that um, we find out. You prompted me to think of something. Okay. Our university is a very diverse workplace. And the challenge, I believe, is that not everyone views benefits or understands benefits because of their country of origin, because of their culture, economic status, or a generation. Um, And so... Those are some of the things that I think, from an EAP perspective, um, is an added stressor. And so I'm, I'm wondering, is there 
any practice or anything in place where we have resources to help in those diverse situations? I think the um, benefits team, as well as the system office, and our we try to utilize and leverage those resources, such as showing the benefits um, that an employee could obtain, some of how it is going to benefit their family if they enroll, um, if they make different choices, if they enroll the child, if they enroll the spouse, just really trying to make it more personal so that they can see those real life scenarios and how they may play out. So I think we, 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 we try, mm-hmm. we try, I think we do a good job. Um, but then sometimes, you know, it, it is still up to the employee to make that decision. It's optional. So as long as they don't waive coverage, um, then they have that opportunity. If they waive coverage, then their next opportunity to make any changes or enroll would be during annual enrollment. It's really a business decision. It is. With the consequences being personal. Correct. Gosh, I wish I had someone to teach me about, you know, benefits and how important it is. Um, we were having this conversation earlier today that um, it brought me back when Monica was talking about um, country of origin and culture. When we moved here to the U.S. Um, and my parents were um, starting their jobs, um, I remember my dad opening up this giant folder of benefits package. And um, I just wanted to speak on that culturally because coming from a country that never offered insurance, it was such an eye-opener to try to figure out why is this important? Why do we need to have this? And um, to because my my dad only saw it as additional money coming out of his pocket that he already didn't have, and so it was such a huge disconnect for him to try to figure out how do I move forward. I know this is important. I know I need to elect these things for me, my my wife, and my children. And there's four children, <laughs> so um, yeah. I just wanted to to add on to that, how, how difficult that could be for, for other cultures and how overwhelming it could be. And it is overwhelming. And, and we, we hear the, from one extreme to the other. I come from a country where health care was provided for. Oh, yeah. Why am I paying for it here? Mm-hmm. To I come from a country where that really wasn't, it wasn't at the top of the priority list yeah. when you looked at all of the needs of the family at that time or that individual. So we do have a very diverse culture, as Monica was saying. Um, so we try to make it understandable. We bring it, mm-hmm. we, we try to give the same terms, use layman terms versus um, something that would make it more relatable to them at that time, That's I guess important. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You know, it's really... As you're describing things, the number one issue when these life events happen is not to look at your insurance. It's typically to kind of experience or cope with those situations. So I'm wondering, is there a best practice that you've seen or that you might want to implement here that... um, is for the from the employee's perspective, um, how do they make these decisions? Or 
who in our organization can remind people of these decisions? Um, I'm hearing about some of the resources that your team provides, which is wonderful about this is this is what you're choosing. This is the deduction from your paycheck. And if they're struggling with coping with benefits versus the bottom line on the paycheck, what have you seen or or do you have in your mind this miracle of what might be available? A miracle formula. That's great. Um, well, we have several different communication modes. You know, we encourage our employees to use financial advisors mm-hmm. to discuss what that financial situation is. Um, it's confidential when they speak with them. We ask them to perhaps speak with their HR representative in their department, their leave coordinator. Communication is key in order for us to get that information to them timely or for them to file a claim timely or for them to add that baby timely or to ensure we have all the documentation in order to take the former spouse off, such as a divorce decree or what their options are at that time. So I think communicating, using, leveraging some of the resources that EAP has, um, the money line, using the financial advisors from the retirement sector that we offer mm-hmm. as well for voluntary payroll deductions, and just putting them in touch with them and letting them know that they're not trying to sell them a service. They really are there to assist them. Communication, communication, communication. Uh, I love the idea of of the collaboration between the departments because you just talked about HR, benefits, EAP, and the manager. And what a vision. And all of that communication ends up in your bottom line, which is payroll. Yes. So if the, if the payroll deductions are not right or I've chosen all of these these payroll dedu- or all these benefits and then you get your paycheck and you thought, oh, that's not really what I was anticipating. So it is a beginning to end um, process. And with that end product being you have the benefits that you want, that you need, and that you'll be able to use for future or current use, and then that you're able to sustain your lifestyle uh, on that paycheck that you're receiving. I, I think that finances, benefits, our own personal life, we protect so carefully. And I imagine that there's probably some feelings of embarrassment, um, fear, all kinds of experiences that these employees feel, that I feel in, in certain situations too. Um, so what I'm hearing though is, if this is my first time as a manager, do I even think about those issues that are impacting my employees from that perspective? And um, and is that an opportunity for us to add one of those other best, best practices when we train our new managers? Here's, here's something else. You know FML, but if FML, what else should you be talking with your employees about? Right. I think that as a first-time manager or someone who's a first-time supervisor, they are so focused on the business side, uh, making certain that that 
the absences are recorded? The, do they have time off? Did I fill out the paperwork correctly? And they've moved on to the next thing on their list. Mm -hmm. I mean, we in benefits and payroll are the same way. We take that that claim, that call, that um, escalation. We work that one, and then we've got to move on to the next, or it's the next payroll. Payrolls we have running concurrently on the same week. So it, there's always something more that could be done, but I think it just takes um, a partnership between all of the areas to kind of communicate and get that word out. Training, development mm -hmm. always helps with um, leave coordinators, managers, um, payroll, timekeepers, time approvers, DMOs, associate deans. It goes on and on. It takes a village. It does. It does. I, I also think that one of the interesting things that you talked about is the annual checkup from a benefits perspective, a leave perspective, um, the impact perspective. So it gives us something else to work on from a wellness, and we'd love to collaborate with you on those kinds of things too. We can't wait. <laughs> so I'm going to do a little self-disclosure. Not that you needed this prompt, but... Um, I'm a millennial. We, my husband and I are millennials. We are in a millennial household, and we don't keep paper. We don't keep paperwork in the home. Um, we don't even have a printer. What I know, I know that we should be keeping important documents, but what are those important documents that we should have paper copies of? Um, help me figure out how to create some sort of an emergency plan where I can go into this one folder or one file where we can keep, I don't know, important passwords or what what certain documents should be sure. in there, I guess. I think there are some definite things that especially um, married couples should definitely know. Mm -hmm. One is will, the will, the last will and testament. I know most folks probably think, I don't want to do a will. I don't, I'll do that at one time. We'll get We'll get there. But it's really important to have that information because in that will, you could document the accounts that each spouse have. Um, sometimes you may have a, maybe your spouse has a savings account that they are using for travel. Make certain that who's the beneficiary on all of those accounts. Um, I think having birth certificates, imperative. Anytime you have birth certificates, if you have a newborn, they usually give you a um, statement called the birth facts, mm -hmm. and that takes the place of a birth certificate until you can get that birth certificate from the Bureau of Vital Statistics. So we would use that to enroll a baby, a new baby, a newborn. If there's a divorce or a dissolution of a marriage, something like that, that divorce decree definitely needs to be kept um, someplace safe and easy to access. Child support documents, anything like that, payroll garnishments. Um, so there are definitely some some important paperwork that you should have access to, banking information for each other, knowing perhaps your savings accounts, your tax-sheltered annuities, 403Bs, all of those require a beneficiary. So many times we see when new employees started a tax-sheltered annuity when they were hired, they listed their parents as beneficiaries. Perhaps they weren't married yet. Mm -hmm. So now their parents um, have, you know, have passed away, and something happens to the employee and it still has the name of the, the parents or the former spouse. Wow. So paperwork, 
we try to get away from as much paper <laughs> as we can, but you can't eliminate it all. Right, right. You're really explaining what on-the-job learning is for your team. You're probably never surprised by the next incident that happens or comes up. No, we do have good, we do have some good surprise. Oh, wow, we've never had this occurrence. But yes, we can perhaps ask for an appeal or try to get something done in favor of the employee. Um, but, you know, we also have issues where, that pop up where they're not so great and um, it requires escalation or perhaps, like I said, a, a spouse predeceases they're our employee or, or the dependent or a family with the ongoings of the pandemic we had so many employees impacted and their families whether it was a parent passing away a spouse and unfortunately children um, our team faces we receive calls daily different situations happen where they require assistance maybe a domestic violence issue maybe an employee suicide or a spouse um, has passed away suddenly in an accident. So we try to be as emotionally attached and detached at the same time because we're trying to take on that business aspect and make certain that they have everything that they need. But you're dealing with with a lot of tragedy at one time. So there is a lot of on-the-job training um, that comes with the benefits team and it, again, leads to payroll because there's so many times that at the end, maybe the spouse is calling about, how do I get their last paycheck? How do I get that vacation payout that I'm supposed to get? And we have to make it payable to the estate of, okay, now what do I do with this? I can't cash it. That is correct. They will have to seek legal guidance for that. So um, it, it, can be, it can be taxing. Yeah. But I, so we do have... Free consultation with attorneys or the EAP. Yes, we do. <laughs> I hear so much compassion in your voice and, and everything you've been saying, and it. I'm I'm glad you are in the position that you're in, because, it, from what I had said earlier, we were just very moved by the conversation because I didn't I didn't know the other side of benefits and what you all deal with every day. And um, I just want to know why why benefits? I kind of want to learn a little bit about you. Like I, I hear, like I said, I hear so much compassion, and um, I'm sure you love what you do because it's coming through. So I just want to know why did you choose this field? You know, benefits chose me. Oh yeah, um, benefits chose me. I was actually an animal science major. Wow, in agriculture. Um, and somehow I ended up in in public education that led to higher ed. And I had a very wise professor tell me one day, he said, well, I think in Ahosa it's probably because you studied agriculture and agriculture are living things. And we are living things. Mm -hmm. and you still work with living things just in a different way. So I think it's um, benefits chose me. And it's just been a field that, that I've really enjoyed trying to help the retirees, trying to help employees make those decisions and educating them and empowering them to, to know that they've made a good decision today and um, trying to provide that help. And I think our, our team is, they're rock stars. They're, they're getting it done. 
They are. They are. So how are y'all doing? We're good. Um, right now, of course, you know, we mentioned earlier annual enrollment is uh, is first and foremost that we are focused on right now. Um, and that takes up a lot of time. So we get a lot of phone calls, we get a lot of emails, we're good with that. And then at the same time, we still have all the other daily occurrences that happen, the small fires that need to be put out along with the large fires. So we're doing good. We do have our days. Some days are, are more taxing than others. Um, we use each other to, to vent to, to lean on to, how would you have handled this? Or I just had this happen. What do I do? I, I, the spouse, she's really upset. She doesn't understand. Um, her husband passed away. What do I, how do I, what's the best way? Do you want to talk to them? You know, those sorts of things. So we, we really do lean on each other's experiences. I think as a team, they have many, many years of experience in the public sector and the private sector. So this isn't, I always like to say this is not our first rodeo, but it, it you do learn um, those coping mechanisms. And of course, we reach out to EAP and Julie and Anna, and we try to have some lighthearted conversations. And a lot of times, uh, humor gets us through the day. Great to hear. And so appreciative. I think that it's easy to look at the very sterile side of benefits, but you've just really explained that emotional, compassionate side, and that the University of Texas wants those employees to feel that too by the unbelievable number of benefits that are available to our employees. We do have an amazing package of benefits for our employees and our retirees. You know, that is one of the things about um, working for the UT system if you retire you meet the eligibility, then you as a retiree, their benefits mirror active employee benefits. So those are some things that are very valuable that um, that keep our employees happy. And of course, our retirees, they come back and they, they love to come back and visit with our benefit counselors and things like that. And they've built relationships over the years. So that helps. That's so cool to hear about too, um, because they are connected and your team does a good job of keeping them connected. They're forever connected. Just you're retired, but you're you're never disconnected from us. So, so this is our time. This is our conversation. Do you have any last words for our listeners here at UT Health? I think that the benefits and payroll team will we will be here. We're here to help um, in any way possible. I know there are sometimes some very difficult um, situations that arise or very stressful situations, and, and we're here to help. That is our, our main goal is to make certain that you have the benefits that you need and that they are working for you in your life situation and that you are being paid accurately and timely. Um, so we, we really strive for that. That is that is our, our team's main main mission. We want you to have your benefits and we want you to get paid. All right. Thank you so much, Patricia, for joining us. Thank, thank you, you for, for such a me. valuable conversation. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. It was a great conversation. Listeners, if you would like to speak with a mental health counselor immediately or schedule a counseling session, please call our office at 713-500-3327 and our confidential team will direct you to the faculty or staff representative who can help you. 
you can reach us 24-7, 365 days a year. For other resources, please send Anna and Julie an email at wellness at uthealth.tmc.edu, and we will help you connect the dots to the best resource for you. Also important for you to know is that many EAP and well-being services are available for your dependents. Let us know if you have questions. And thank you for listening.